What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these links with your friends and family, thank you so much. And thank you so much for those of you who tune in from all over the place. This week, I got a message from someone who tunes in from Germany. So not only do we have people from Louisiana, all over the United States, but also from Germany. That's a really, really cool thing. For those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for giving. It helps us love more people and help more people and serve more people. Our next food pantry is going to be at the beginning of December. It'll help us feed over a thousand people. So thank you so, so very much for doing that. Over the past few weeks, we've been in this series called The Puppet Master, talking about how God works in our life and how God works in our world. Sometimes you and I go through things in life that are so challenging. We want today to be better than yesterday. We want this year to be better than last year. But we go through things in life that are so challenging that cause you and I to ask why. Why am I going through this? Why did this happen? Where is God? What is God up to? And so we talked about how God works in our life. And we pointed this out, that God created everything. He also created and instilled principles into the universe to determine how life and creation works. If we apply these principles in the right way, it pays off. If we apply them in the wrong way, they backfire. So either God causes everything to happen in this world, good or bad, and God makes everything and ordains everything to happen in this world, good or bad, like a puppet master. He's the one who's pulling all the strings. Or God works in a different way. And over the past few weeks, I pointed out to you that I believe that God from Scripture works in a different way. We see that God creates we see that God instills, and we see that God renews. He creates this world. He instills principles into this world. He created you and I. When we give our heart to Jesus, he instills the Holy Spirit into our life. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, instills hope and love and faith and purpose and significance into our heart, and then God renews. When you're at your weakest, he can renew your mind, your heart, and your strength. And so God created everything. He instilled these principles into the universe that determine how life works. If we apply them in the correct way, it pays off. If we apply them in the wrong way, they backfire. If we apply them in the way God wants us to, then it opens up the door for God to work in our life. It also opens up the door for growth and peace and hope and perseverance and success. Now, has anyone ever said this to you? Or maybe have you said something like this? to someone else. Maybe they're going through something tough and you say this, try, try to stop worrying about that. Whatever it is, try to stop worrying about that. Relax, calm down, put it out of your mind, stop getting so worked up and try to stop worrying about that. Or maybe you're a little bit more blunt. Maybe you say, hey, you don't need to worry about that anymore. And it's almost like we think we can treat our worry like some sort of switch or faucet, like we can just turn it off whenever we want to. But we all know that dealing with worry it's not that simple. When I was a little boy, I guess around eight or nine years old, I had these constant nightmares that someone was going to kidnap me from a supermarket and I would never see my parents again. So every time I would fall asleep, I would go into this dream, this nightmare of being at a supermarket. Everything speeds up really, really fast around me. Someone takes me away from my mom and I never get to see my parents again. And I can remember waking up every single night scared to death and I would go to my parents' room sweating, scared because of this nightmare and I would wake them up in the middle of the night and I would say, mom and dad, I can't sleep. I had the nightmare again. And my mom and dad would tell me every single time, well, go back to your room and try. Try to fall asleep. Try to go to sleep. I used to tell my son Checker that all the time when he couldn't sleep. I'd say, go to your room and try. But we all know that you don't go to sleep by trying to go to sleep. 
you go to sleep by dealing with a problem that's keeping you awake. And so as a kid, my problem was my bad dreams. And so I developed as a small baby a coping mechanism to help me fall asleep. I would rock my body back and forth to calm my mind down. For some reason, whenever my mind was spinning with these nightmares or anxiety or in fear, if I would rock my body back and forth, it would calm my mind down in time for me to fall asleep. In fact, when I got married to Jackie, I told her, I said, hey, I may roll over you every now and then at night because I rock. But in a similar way, and I want you to remember this today, you don't stop worrying by trying to stop worrying. That's like trying to fall asleep by trying to fall asleep. It doesn't work that way. So you have to find a solution, but you can't find a solution if you don't know what first the problem is. So let's first identify our source of worry. And we're going to point this out. So if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this. Your worry is driven by what you're most devoted to in this life. We worry about our kids. We worry about our families. We worry about our futures and our jobs and our money and our health and so on because we're devoted to these things. We worry about our future and there's uncertainty in our future because we're devoted to our future and that's why we worry about it. And so our source of worry is this and remember this today. We worry about what's important to us because it's important to us. And that's why when we allow Jesus to be our main passion and our main focus, our worry decreases because we can rest in the fact that he loves us and he's working in our favor. But again, also, we cannot find a solution to our worry if we don't know what the problem is. And so today I want us to identify some of that. Now, I have so many helpful things to teach you today, so we're just going to jump right in. And the reason that you and I worry about who or what we worry about, and this is basic reason that most people battle with. Notice this, if you're still with me, I'm still with you. It's the unknown. Today, you and I have an idea of how we want our life to play out, how we want our future to play out. We would call that our preferred future. You have an idea or a plan of how you want your kids' lives to plan out, how you want your health to plan out, how you want your job and your retirement to plan out, how you want your marriage and your family to plan out, how you want your future to play out. But there's three basic things that always bring an element of the unknown into our plans. There's three basic things that always brings an element of uncertainty into our life and how we'd prefer our life to end up. And this is what it is, and notice this today. Our personal choices, our difficult trials, and choices that other people in our life make that we have to deal with that affect us. Sometimes you and I can make choices in this life, and sometimes they can be choices that aren't good, and it affects the unknown of our tomorrow. And then sometimes storms strike our life and trials and mountains and giants and adversity strike our life and it causes this disruption in our life. And so now our life has changed just like that in a moment. We thought our life was heading this way, but now that there's this storm, it's completely changed what we thought our life was doing and where we thought our life was going. And then sometimes people in your life that you've invited into your life, people close to you, family members, people that you love, people you're in relationship with, sometimes they can do things that you never expected them to do and it causes you to have to deal with what they did. And it causes your plans to be disrupted. Let me explain it to you in this way. Number one, and remember this, we worry about the unknown reactions of other people. You and I have choices and patterns that we constantly try to cover up. We have secrets, we have lies, we have habits, we have failures, we have storms that we constantly try to cover up. And a lot of times you and I worry of what's gonna happen and how other people are gonna react if this gets uncovered. And so sometimes we worry because of the choices that we made that we're trying to cover up and we worry, how are people gonna react? 
if this finally gets uncovered. The second thing is this. We worry about the unknown consequences of our actions and reactions. When facing storms and trials and hardships and failures, we act and we react. Sometimes we act and react well. Sometimes we do not. And when we do not act and react well, we worry. We worry about what's going to be the outcome of how I just acted or reacted when I was facing the situation. The third thing is this. We worry about the unknown next steps we need to take after a difficult adversity in our life. I'm hurting and suffering because of this loss. I'm hurting and suffering because of this trial. I'm hurting and suffering because of this adversity and this heartache, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to think about this. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to recover. I don't know how to move past it. I don't know what my next step is, and so we worry about it. I constantly worry, how am I gonna survive this because I don't know what to do next? Simply put, we worry over the unknown. And so again, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus identifies the problem of our worry. Notice how it plays out starting in verse 28, verses 28 through 30. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have such a little faith? Now, this last question, Jesus tells us the problem with our worry. And the problem behind our worry is our belief. It's our faith. So understand this. Jesus says that when your faith is big, then your worry gets small. But when your faith is small, then your worry gets big. It'll increase in your life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what we're going to wear? Now, in verses 28 through 30, before we get to the statement in verse 31, we're talking about worry, and Jesus says this. He's making a point about flowers, wildflowers, lilies. And Jesus said, You worry about daily food and water and clothing, because this was the basic points of worry back then. If Jesus was talking to us today, he would have a different list. He would say, you worry about vacations and stocks and retirement and savings accounts and relationships and what people are going to say about you and think about you and feel about you and getting a new car and big screen TVs. But look at the lilies. Look at them. They're beautiful because God makes them beautiful. They're growing because God makes them grow. They're surviving because God makes them survive. He cares for his creation and the wildflowers can't even work or try and he takes care of them. And so when we worry, Jesus says you're not even following your faith out to its logical conclusion. When you worry, Jesus clearly says that I take care of my creation. Even the flowers, I dress them in splendor and I take care of them. So when we worry about the unknown, it's like Jesus is saying you're not even following your faith to its logical conclusion that I'm going to be there, that you were my creation and I love my creation. If I'm going to take care of the flowers, I'm going to take care of you. You and I are the most valuable prize of his creation. And so if he loves them, how much more does he love us? Now in verse 32, Jesus starts to twist the knife in our gut just a little bit in Matthew chapter 6. He says, these things, he's talking about worry, fear, stress. How am I going to overcome this? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Jesus says, so the pagans who don't even believe sometimes don't even have as much worry as you. These people run after and they seek after all the wrong things, money, stuff, statues, status, clothing, popularity, and they worry about it. And if you claim to have faith in God, but yet you worry about all the same things that unbelievers worry about, then what's there all that different about you? 
If you're going to worry just like them and chase the same things that they do, what purpose does your faith serve if it doesn't set you apart from people who don't even have faith? Our worry actually says this about our faith. And if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. It says, I believe in God, but it's very difficult for me to trust in God. Now, all of us, you and I, we're all connected to other people who worry just like us about the same things that you and I worry about. But our response to our worries should be much, much different than those people who don't follow Jesus. Our light as followers of Jesus shines brightest when you and I don't react the same way that everyone else reacts. When you and I sink under worry, it's almost like we say this and remember this today, God is real, but he's not very personal. Listen, God is so personal that he dresses the wildflowers of the field. How much more is he concerned about you? Jesus' followers are not different because we have different trials. Jesus' followers have the same points of worry and the same trials as everyone else does. But listen to me. The reason why we're different is because we worry differently than other people. We have a big faith that makes our worries small. The world has a big fear that makes their faith small. Believers have the same trials with money, relationships, health, heartache, kids, family, depression, as everyone else does. But what sets us apart is how we respond. We don't respond with worry. We try to respond with faith. Now, here's the great news. This is something that we can do to overcome constant worry besides just trying not to worry. And the solution is this. The solution is to evaluate what our main priority or priorities are in this life. And for some people, they may say, well, my main priority right now is passing the 10th grade or making varsity or getting a boyfriend or getting a girlfriend or having a, making it to graduation or getting married or getting a better job or getting a bigger house or making it to retirement. That may be some of our main priorities. But these things are all good things, but they're not the most important thing for believers. Matthew 6, and we all heard this verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need, not want, but everything that you need. Now, do you see where he says above all else? That means in our mind, our thoughts, our passions, our goals, our priorities, above all else, you and I are people who have a passion for seeking Jesus. This should be our first our top and our main priority. When Jesus is our first priority, this builds our faith into a big faith that makes our worries small because when your worry is big, your faith is small. We could put it this way. Your devotion in life determines your emotions and your emotions determine what you worry about. Your devotion in life determines your emotions and your emotions determine what you worry about. That's why seeking Jesus must be our main top priority and devotion. Verse 34. So don't worry about, notice this, tomorrow. That's not today, that's the future. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for right now. Now I find one word right here very interesting and it is the word tomorrow. Every fear that you and I have, every worry that you and I have is based in the future. It's based in what has not happened yet. It's based in tomorrow. Worry is about tomorrow because tomorrow is uncertain and tomorrow is unknown. And that's what worry and anxiety is. It's anxiety over the unknown. You and I worry so much about tomorrow, what might happen, what may happen, what could happen. How can we control this so it doesn't happen? And that worry over tomorrow keeps us from living in peace today. 
And if you can't live in peace today, it's going to affect every other area in your life. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect your happiness. It'll affect your marriages. It'll affect your families. You will only be as happy as the happiest person you're around. And if you always worry and you're never happy, the people around you can't be very happy either. You're going to affect them too. And so as we close, here's three things to keep in mind when dealing with the unknown of tomorrow. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Number one, the storms that could happen don't have to destroy you. What's the worst possible outcome that could happen tomorrow? Let's say that it does. Here's the issue. If you follow Christ, you still have access to a strength that will help you stand back up again. And so the storms that could happen, even if they do, they don't have to destroy you. The second thing is this. The trials that could happen don't have to define you. And many times you and I have trials over our past, our choices, our decisions, and our mistakes. But your life doesn't have to be defined by your mistakes. Our life as believers is defined by faith. And we've been forgiven. So you can start over. You can have a new life. People may hold your past against you. But you don't have to do that because God doesn't do that. And we can move on. The third thing is this, the heartbreak that could happen doesn't have to defeat you. So let's say that the unknown happens tomorrow and it's not good. The loss of a loved one, the loss of a marriage, a job layoff, a health problem, a secret gets exposed, a child is arrested, a tragedy. Do you worry or do you hold on to your big faith and worship? If you worry, tomorrow, fear, anxiety, restlessness, unpeacefulness, will defeat you. But if you worship, you can overcome your worry because your faith will get big. When your faith is big, your worry is small. But when your worry is big, your faith is small. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for loving us. And God, we thank you for looking after us, taking care of us even more than you take care of the flowers in the field. We love you. We need you. Thank you so much. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Thank you so much for hanging out. We can't wait to see you back next week. We hope you had great holidays.